I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. It is your third favorite co-host. He has finally returned. (laughs) Dean Ungler joined in studio by Jared and Vanessa back in Montreal with a very special guest in studio, Dr. Hillary Lynn Golcher. Thank you so much for coming uh, in today, Hillary. And we have a very fun episode. Obviously, we're going to kind of recap my travels through South America over the past three weeks. I've got a funny-ish dating story that we could share from there, which I don't really normally do for my travels. Love to hear it. We're going to answer some questions. We're going to provide some answers. We're going to obviously talk to Hillary and get her expert opinion on all things because we're not experts. We are idiots at the end of the day. So it's nice to have someone that actually knows what they're talking about. And we're going to discuss some topical things as well uh, regarding like the Dak Shepard thing and, um, and some other things as well as we see fit. So, Jared... What, what should we do to start? Well, uh, first of all, how are your travels in South America? What My big question is, what makes you want to travel alone so much lately? Um, my travels were fantastic. Thank you for asking. So I just, for the listeners out there that I guess don't follow me on Instagram, I was in South America for three weeks. I did um, Buenos Aires for five days, and then I did Patagonia for a week, Machu Picchu, and Rainbow Mountain for a week as well. And um, it was it was my first trip where I got to, so I like camped most of the nights. You know, I wasn't like staying in a hotel. I slept in a tent. I think probably like eight nights of the sixteen nights that I was gone. And wow, um, it was fun because obviously, like I I was like reconnecting with nature. I grew up in Colorado, so it was nice to kind of get back into the mountains and hike around. And um, I was like talking to my brother the entire time, and he was like, "I'm so jealous you're going to Patagonia. That's always been like the top of my list." And it was amazing. And I've always heard. Even like like Leslie used to rate, and Leslie's been around the world, you know, 19 times, and yeah. she's always raved that Patagonia is her absolute favorite spot. And so I I've kind of always made it a goal of mine to get down there, and it was incredible. Um, I met some. Did you end up messaging her by the way? No, I did not. No. I, I okay. figured I took your advice, and yeah, I figured good, good I should call probably on that. stay away. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad yeah. I didn't. I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I think we're all glad you didn't. Um, mm-hmm. It was great. So the first like four nights I stayed in, in Buenos Aires, which is like obviously a big city by myself, and I hated it. I, I've, what I've started to realize is that I'm going to move away from traveling to cities like that solely when I'm alone. Like if I'm going with friends or something, I'll go to cities. But I just like get so bored in cities. I can't be that person that goes to a bar by himself to like meet people, you know? And I feel like that's so much such, such mm-hmm. a part of the experience. And so... When I was in my first or like second day in, in Argentina in Buenos Aires, I, I made a Tinder account. I was like, I'm just I'm so bored. I don't know how to meet people organically like out in the street, so I'm just gonna make a Tinder and I made a Tinder. And that's that's Do my you, that's, you... that's my story. That's literally all I have. I made a Tinder. That's my funny story from, from from traveling, yeah. But did you meet anyone? So I made a Tinder. I picked my six most attractive pictures of myself. I made a very <laughs> clever and funny bio on the tinder is it what me does or does it feel does like it dean is stalling uh, yeah I'm, like trying to, to I'm trying to build up some puzzle. drama here some anticipation i made it the best most attractive tinder account ever been seen to man i even included my instagram handle so that way people could look me up on instagram and see they have a little blue check mark because i feel like that's probably gonna oh, go far God. away <laughs> that's probably gotta go somewhere <laughs> and i i don't th- i like was swiping for like 10 or 15 minutes like in, a, in my airbnb like by myself and I just started started getting bored, and I wasn't getting matches because I like had literally just made it, and I wasn't getting any matches right away. And I was like, "Well, this is really mm-hmm. discouraging. Like, no one even likes me." But you um, just made it. I know, and I just made it, and like I went out for the day, and I came back, and I started swiping again. And I wasn't getting any matches again, and then like eventually, like a few matches started trickling in, and they all tried speaking to me in Spanish, obviously, because I'm in South America. 
and I can like speak a little bit of Spanish, but I can't really speak it conversationally. And so I would like try and like put it into Google Translate and then like text it to them and then they would text me back in Spanish and I would put that in Google Translate and then, you know, like back and forth and back and forth. And it got to this point where I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is the most ridiculous thing. I'm trying to talk to girls in Spanish to like, I don't know, just so I can like bide my time while I'm walking through a city that I like don't necessarily know what to be doing in, you know? So at the end of the day, I didn't meet up with a single person from Tinder. I only talked to like three or four what people. What a boring story. Okay. <laughs> I agree. It's very boring. I wish that there was some. I wish. I, I wish I met up with a girl like every single night on Tinder in Buenos Aires and like was dancing the entire time. But no, that's not the case. It's just I, my point is, is I suck at Tinder. I guess is really I was what really I'm hoping. The story would lead to like, and now I'm engaged from a woman. That yeah. I was South, gonna say. I thought you're gonna America come back on engaged. Tinder. I'm. I'm not engaged, but I might be a father. So is no. the Tinder oh, still active? The Tinder is inactive. This act. Oh, inactive. Inactive. Yeah, inactive. inactive. Oh. So you shut it down. Yeah, I shut it down the second I got my train on my plane. Are you back on to any America. other dating app? So funny that you mentioned that. I was hanging out with Peter last night, and Peter. I don't know. If he he wants this to be shared, but he had created yeah, a Raya. He, a he had created a Raya account a I while ago. I did see him on Raya. There you go. And so he was like, "Hey, I got a buddy pass. You want my buddy pass?" And for the longest time, I'm like, ah, "I don't need to go on Raya." And eventually, I was just like, "Sure." So I created a Raya last night. I don't know if I'm gonna get approved or not. You'll definitely get approved. In all honesty, I hope they don't approve me. What's your song going to be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works yet. You pick a song. Yeah. Like a 20-second yeah. song. It should be something ridiculous, just yeah, like, random, like, uh, the Chili's just Baby another manic Monday. Yeah. yeah. That's such With a deal. Um, Mine so, is Matchbox 30 or whatever that uh, You have a Raya is. account. I thought you were going to say I Matchbox do, 20. I, what is it? Is, Ma is it Matchbox 20? What is it? Wait, Matchbox hold on, 20 you have is a, a band. Matchbox 20 song on your Raya yeah, like, profile? Yeah, Wait, how does it go again? You have 3 a.m.? <laughs> if I was single right now, I would have absolutely hit Matt or whatever on Raya. It's not swipe. It's just like a click, right? A check mark, I think. Uh, Yeah, I, I barely use it. I think I used it for a day, and I was like, eh, not for me. It's a lot of, um, it's, I find it a little superficial. It's probably because you're the only person in Montreal with a Raya account. Well, just like, just no. like Peter's the only person in the entire state of Wisconsin with one as well. I had a riot in Rhode Island, okay. and there was nobody within 300 miles of me. Yeah. I actually, that's so funny. So I did see Peter's account, and I'm like, hi, I saw your account. He's like, did you click yes or no? And I was like, oh. And then when I guess I got out of the app, so it, his profile just disappeared. But then Nick's profile showed up. <laughs> oh, what did you do? What? What? What are you nodding at? I was like, when you were like, oh, he asked me if I liked him or not, and I, I got out of the app, so it must have just like changed. I was no, like, I swear. Like story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit no. It's quite all right. You didn't want. No, to... I, and then Nick's... I, I don't know. And then Nick's popped up. And, and then I what happened? Click no. Wait, well, describe us Nick's profile because obviously you snooped through it. I don't it. remember. I just saw his name and his picture, and I'm you... like, I, I, I don't think it's like healthy for me to just check his profile right now. So I'm like, let me just click. That's X. fair. That's good, probably for the heart. I, I... Mm -hmm. It would have been funny if you guys matched, right? Oh, if we would have matched, if I if I hearted him? Yeah. Mm, I don't think he would have hearted me. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't have, but it would just be a funny situation. It would have been a have. fantastic situation. Well, yeah, so anyways, at the end of the day, great three weeks in South America. Um, I highly recommend getting down there if you have the chance to. Um, I am going to, I mean, hopefully we can... What kind of stinks is a lot of times like people reach out to me on like Instagram or something like that. And they're like, oh, I wish you could share more about your travels or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I know like obviously this is a dating podcast, but like I need to figure out a forum where I can like start sharing that type of stuff. I'm going to start rivaling Leslie with the blog, a travel blog, I think. You know, that's probably not the best reason to 
That's the thing. I'm going to go head to head. I'm going to go head to head and I'm going to take her down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I will, I think in the future. Uh, you for, should. Why not? Just create a travel blog. For the people for the people that are interested in that kind of stuff, um, I am I'm going to consider trying to start. I know it's a lot of work. It's not easy. And, and work and I kind of have an aversion to each other. I also think it will be better for you because when you're lonely on these trips sometimes you instead of writing. creating a tinder you could be creating yeah for your blog there you go i yeah yeah Ex exactly right instead of editing pictures and watching netflix yeah or choosing what song is going to be on my profile right so we do have an expert in studio that's going to talk about all things relationships her name is hillary no not clinton a different hillary but before we jump into that we want to talk about a little thing that we've been talking about in the podcast for a few weeks now that we all love you know it we know it. It's Amazon Fire TV. Jared, I got to tell you, so after traveling for three weeks, there were not many things that I missed, but one of those things was definitely my Amazon Fire TV. Do you do you stream a lot? Do you watch a lot of TV? YouTube videos, uh, HBO, Netflix, you name it. The whole kit and caboodle and the cool thing about Amazon Fire TV is that you can watch all of those pretty easily. You can watch, what's your favorite YouTube channel, Dean? My favorite YouTube channel? Yeah, I know. It's an exhausting question. I've talked about this before. It's called, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it, like Kaiserstadt or something. It's How much like, could you possibly love it if you don't remember the name of it? Because it's like some weird like Dutch word or something like that. That's fair. It's in a nutshell, basically. Check it out. YouTube. I'll send you some videos. Uh, I would love that. I'm a big Watch Mojo guy because it gives ranks of a lot of different pop culture references, but mainly focuses on films. I've talked about it before. See, I don't it's, really care about pop culture or uh, films. It's the best, though. It's like top 10... Um, Movies uh, with plot twists that did not save a bad movie or See, something like that. It's cool. It's cool. That anyway, sounds like the least interesting thing I could possibly uh, think of. But know, I'm glad that you get it. I'm glad that you're right, right, right. Anyway, but <laughs> so you're, you, you know, watching YouTube like we've just been talking about, it's all about you, whatever your favorite channel is. You can watch it on your big screen with Fire TV. It's the ultimate mix of entertainment and relaxation. I've been, been watching The Good Place. I've talked about this with Ashley. Ashley's choice was The Good Place. My choice is Barry, the one with Bill Hader on love HBO. It, love it. So good. Good Place. Um, I finished season three just recently, too. It's fantastic. Oh, I'm, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm only on season two. Uh, another really cool thing about Amazon Fire TV is that if you connect it to Alexa, all you have to do is say, Alexa, open YouTube, open YouTube and you're brought to your favorite YouTube channel. Uh, that's so much better than watching on your laptop or when I have to squint into my phone. And if it wasn't enough, you can even listen to this podcast that you're currently listening to right now. On Fire TV with your iHeartRadio app. You can also listen to any music they've got up there. I always say if you're listening to this podcast on your Amazon Fire TV right now, DM us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out or something. Yeah, because it's actually pretty cool that somebody is listening to yeah. us on their TV. So we've made it. We're stars. If, if you're not listening to it on Amazon Fire TV, what you should be doing is buying an Amazon Fire TV. So go to www.amazon.com slash I suck podcast. Again, that's amazon.com slash I suck podcast to order fire tv of your very own they make great christmas gifts for your friends for your family for yourself for your dog for your turtle for your parrot for your pet snake for your thrown away toenail clippings your pet rat <laughs> all the things amazon.com slash i suck podcast grab a fire tv of your very own or for your friends or family or whoever or whatever it might be jared i think we should also talk about stamps well I love stamps. You love stamps. I love stamps. Well, my favorite are the Christmas stamps. When I was a kid, we obviously sent out Christmas cards, and we would always buy the holiday edition of stamps at the post office, yeah. whether it be like Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, Frosty, Rudolph. It's well, the best. Right, of course. And especially with the holidays coming up, you want to make sure you have your stamps so that way you can mail all your gifts. And what's great about stamps.com 
is you don't have to go to the post office to, to wait in line, to, to buy your stamps, all that kind of stuff. All you need to do is go to stamps.com where you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk. You can buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package, all available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you have to do is click, print, and mail, and you're all done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale where you can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. And right now you can use, guess what, code DEED Deed for a special four-week trial, which includes a postage and a digital scale. So don't wait. You can go to stamps.com. So before you do anything else, you're listening to us right now. All you have to do is click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage when you go to stamps.com and type in Deed. Deed. Yes. D-E-A-D. And stamps.com, enter Dean, you get a discount. Go to stamps.com right now. Get your stamps, not even delivered right to you. You're basically, it's like printing money almost. I know. Well, I hate going to the post office anyway. Yeah. Post office. I live like a mile away from one, and I always am dreading it when I have to go Well, there's always some sort of wait, and there's just, I feel like it's kind of like going to the DMV. Like something's always going to go awry. Have you done Christmas shopping yet? (laughs) Not as much as I should have. Uh. I've been going back and forth because I'm flying back to Rhode Island for the holidays. So whatever gifts I buy, I have to pack with me. Yeah, that's tough. You could just so get ship to your house, maybe. I was going to do that as well, but then I don't know. Like my parents' gifts are going to be shipped to their house. It's like, oh, I really spent a lot of effort into this. Right. Doing stamps.com though. Stamps.com. You could ship them through stamps. Well, obviously, I'm gonna if I do ship them to the house, I'm gonna go on stamps.com, so I don't have to go to the post office, print them. Put them on there. Bada bing, bada boom. This year, I'm really proud of myself. I ordered a bunch of gifts before I even left for South America. Came home to a bunch of Just Fab boxes. For I got some stuff for my sister, for some of my friends. You are well prepared, my friend. I'm really proud of myself. And you should be ordering some stamps to send to your parents back in New I will Island. get on it right now. I've been telling everybody that they should go to stamps.com right now. That's what I'm going to do. I have my phone out, literally in my hand, going to stamps.com slash Dean. Um, so in studio... We have the wonderful Hillary Goldshire. Am I saying that properly? Almost. It's Goldshire. Goldshire. Yes. Excuse me. Hillary, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, now, you are a psychologist. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, well, I have a private practice in Beverly Hills, and I would call myself a relationship expert and kind of under that umbrella, like a couple expert, relationship with the self, relationship with families, relationship with friends, just sort of all about understanding intimacy. And other specialties include uh, eating disorders, couples, trauma, anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And I I tend to work with a a celebrity clientele, so I have... um, additional insight into what it's like to be in the public eye dealing with relationship type issues. Yeah, well your offices are in Beverly Hills, so I'm That's sure you right. work with a lot of celebrities over there. So I'm curious what makes you a relationship expert? Like you said that you you describe yourself as one. So what makes you that? Yeah, I mean, I I think the core of most people's struggles and issues are around relationships, relationship with the self, relationship with the opposite sex, relationship with the family. And as I got into the world of psychology, I think that really became where most of my analysis and profiling of people as I worked with them came from is trying to understand how they are in relationship to other people. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's a good point, too, because I feel like Humans by nature are just obviously very relationship-driven types of people. And it's funny, too, because we think about it, and it's like the the only really – well, I mean, I guess I can't really speak for everyone out there. But when I think about relationships, I only think about relationships 
with the opposite sex that I would be interested in romantically, right? I never really consider relationships as relationships with myself mm-hmm. and relationships with my friends mm-hmm. and my family because those are just the kind of the constants, right? Yes. Um, and so, so you basically have people that approach you for all of those types of things then? Well, I think in my work, what I found is that inevitably, whatever issues that are coming up with people and in their intimate relationships are almost always connected to our relationships with our family of origin. Stuff that happened when we were growing up, stuff that happened uh, throughout our lifetime with friends and family that impact kind of how we move through the world and what relationship style we adopt with the opposite sex. I think like once you hit a certain point in your life, you're most focused on your opposite sex relationship or right. your romantic partnership. Mm-hmm. Right. But as you're trying to figure out like what you're doing right and wrong in those relationships, it almost always touches back to familial dynamics. Right. So I think it's more about that. I mean, sure, people come to my office and want to talk about the relationship with their mother or their brother or their best friend or their sibling, but more often than not, it's couple stuff, but it always ends up sort of relating back to old relationship so, styles. So if you were to do, to do like a higher, hierarchical rank of relationships, one that bleeds into the next, right? It yeah. all kind of starts with the familial what, and then it goes into self, and then it could be into romantic relationships or how, how do you think you would kind of go about yeah yeah that's a that's a great question i mean i think at the like the top of like the, the foundation the, or whatever the, it is yeah. the philosophical hierarchy would be like the, the mom yeah. you know mm-hmm. would be like mm-hmm. mom would be the, your the matriarch of the family yeah. i mean mom and dad are so important but mom and the relationship that you have with your mom right. so informs how you view yourself how you move through the world and then yes i think underneath as you start to discover like who you are outside of your relationship with your parents and your siblings and your extended family and then figuring out how you relate to other people like first with friends in like middle school and high school yeah. and then the opposite sex and I, that's, that's kind of how i'd um how I think of it when you yeah. when you present it that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question. So first of all, you sound like a guardian angel because you don't only work with um, couples, but you also work with families who cope with postpartum depression and parenting and, and all that, which is wonderful. And, and I feel like we're finally getting to an age where Um, people are a lot more open to it. I'm from the East Coast, so I feel like I've had a discussion with someone recently and I was talking about the importance of going to therapy. And like in my culture, in the Italian culture, it's deemed um, like you're a weak person if you're going to therapy and if you need help from an outside source other than your family. And I want to be able to help people understand the importance of it. I only started therapy once um, I was on The Bachelor. And within the last three years, I feel like I've drastically changed and I've seen, I've come to understand the world romantically, the romantic, my romantic relationships, my uh, relationship with myself in a very different light. And it's people, thanks to you, that have helped me get to that point. So first of all, I just want to say thank you. And anyone that's listening, if you do need to seek um, help, I 100% support it. And I'm a big advocate for that. Now, I wanted to ask you if... You know, like sometimes I go through different situations in life, whether that's like with work or personal or romantic relationships. And I heard that there's a point in time, I think from like age zero to five, or I don't know what, if there's an age gap, things that have happened to you when you're younger kind of reappear later on in life, but you don't know where it stems from. But they say like between the ages of, I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, like there's like a certain age where if you've had trauma, that might um, reappear later on in life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's empirical evidence that sort of brackets out certain ages per se, but certainly there is lots of anecdotal and empirical evidence that talks about if there's trauma in childhood, uh, I, I don't know, maybe 10 and under, it certainly informs how we relate to the world, how we view ourselves, and oftentimes if those things don't get addressed, we'll repeat them 
in our relationships more often than not. So if we were abandoned by a parent through a divorce or death or a, a father that left his family or something, then maybe we end up on the receiving end of being abandoned a lot in relationships, choosing people who can't be emotionally available. Or maybe we do the abandoning sort of thing. So patterns can keep repeating themselves unless we do. I see Dean pointing at himself. Guilty. <laughs> Right. And if it goes unaddressed and we don't think about it in a super conscious way, then it ends up showing up somehow in our life. Symptoms show up, whatever those symptoms are. And to your point, Vanessa, oftentimes the symptom, so to speak, ends up being a pattern in relationships. Mm -hmm. One thing one. Sorry to interrupt. And it's just before we kind of expand on that topic. One thing that I really dislike, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people like for me, for instance, is when people that I've never met before, nor do I know, nor will I ever meet, are constantly saying, "Ah, oh, he needs therapy. He should go to therapy. I hope that boy gets therapy. That stuff really pisses me off. Why? Because it's like, who the hell are you to tell someone else that they need to go to therapy? Right? Like, obviously, it's always good to know that therapy is an outlet for someone. But other people that don't know you have no place telling you what you do and don't need. And that stuff really just really makes me so angry. Well, of course, that's in any avenue of life, whether people tell mm-hmm. you, like, oh, you need to be on this or you need to do this. And I think therapy is just an outlet for that. I think there, no, and don't get me wrong, like, the therapy, when I go to therapy, I, I, under, I see myself benefiting from it. But I don't want other people to be telling other people that what they need. And if that thing is therapy, it just doesn't make sense. Like, they don't really necessarily have a place to, like, step in and be like, you need this. Because uh, your, your life's so f- uh, effed up, sorry, bleeped up. You need this. Sure, but I, I think I just want to distinguish this. You're not saying that people shouldn't advocate other people going to therapy. Like, for example, like if I was talking to a friend and I thought that they needed help, it's my job as a suggest friend to be it. like, suggest it. But what you're saying is that somebody that has no idea who you are or what you're about should not make a judgment on you within the first right. five minutes of meeting you. Right. So what they'll say is like they'll, what, they'll see something bad happen and then their retort will be like, oh, go to therapy. Like. Like it's just it, it's I just yeah, feel like they, easy out. they put it as like a band aid for something and they think like mm-hmm. I don't know it's just it's it's frustrating to me anyway sorry um, well also I mean therapy uh, obviously I'm a huge fan of therapy of course <laughs> but therapy is not the only way that people can deal with personal issues like it has to resonate and be at a point in your life mm-hmm. where it feels like yes that's an outlet I want to pursue and there's a difference between a caring other saying like oh I wonder if this could be a, yeah. a solution or something helpful for you and someone saying like I. I see something about your life that feels chaotic. Right. Go help yourself. In my personal experience, so I've done three separate stints in therapy, right? When I was younger, when I was 10, I did it. When I was 15, I did it. And then when I'm 27, I've done it as well. And those first two times, I got nothing out of it because I was being essentially urged or forced to go to therapy. And I don't think you really will get Mm -hmm. anything out of therapy until you make the conscious decision for yourself to be like, all right, I'm going to go and do this and work on myself, right? So until I was like, I'm going to go do this because I want to do it because I want to better myself in whatever avenue it is that I want to better myself in, then that's when you start to see the results, right? And so if people are like not necessarily making you or unless you're willing and and receptive to the idea of it, I don't think you're going to get as much out of it. Obviously, correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think you're going to get as much out of it otherwise. Well, that's interesting because I have a a little bit of a different experience because I was probably in my like early 20s uh, when I was going through this really bad breakup. And I I blamed a lot of it on myself, which was uh, in the right because it was a lot of my fault and went through kind of a dark period. And it was somebody else that suggested, hey, listen, you should maybe just go talk to someone. And they suggested me to a therapist. And I was really uneasy about it because I didn't want to go to therapy. I didn't want to talk about it because it 
a very similar to what Vanessa said in my own head in the way I was brought up. It was a, a, a sign of, of weakness to a sense. Uh, but then I ended up going and I ended up really enjoying it and went to therapy for about a year and a half weekly and be able to just talk about anything, not even just about the relationship or the dark period I was going through, but just everything in my life, anything I wanted to vent about. So it was interesting because I had a different perspective because I didn't make the conscious decision on my own to go. It was somebody else that said, you should probably do this and it might make you feel better. And it did make me feel better. Hmm. Someone that was close to you. Obviously, right. a family member. Right. So that's, but I think the difference is what you're saying, Dean, and I think you're a little bit jaded by the your experience you have on reality TV, which is people on social media or people coming up to you in everyday life who have no idea who you yeah. are, thinking they know who you are right. because you're on a television show mm-hmm. and suggesting things that they shouldn't suggest. Right. And it, it, maybe they're right. That's the thing, too. It's like they could be right, but it still is just like frustrating. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's one thing to impose what someone else thinks that they should be doing and put that onto someone else. And it's another thing to advocate, like Jared was saying, and, and suggest it. Say, hey, I've done it. I think it's great. And I open up about my experiences um, on and off the show. I and I talk I openly talk about um, Hillary. And this is what I want to talk about with you as well. I openly talk about having done couples therapy with Nick while we were together. Um, and I think it was important for us to also stay, stick with the same therapist um, who obviously was part of the franchise. So she was there from the beginning of our relationship until the end of it. And she saw the progress and she saw, you know, things that we needed to both work on. So ever since then I haven't been, I've been dating. I haven't had a serious relationship since the ending of my engagement with Nick very much uh, open to it. I'm trying everything that I can to get there, but dating nowadays is bullshit. Anyway, so I wanted to ask, do you suggest couples therapy um, for all couples? Or do you think couples therapy should be um, something couples should look into when and if it arises at a certain point? Should it be a preventative? Or should it be something kind of like, we exercise every day to be physically well, so should we exercise our mental uh, well-being as a couple? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think it's hard to imagine a scenario where a couple can be together and have a life together and not have stuff come up. And so whatever that is and at whatever period of time, I think it makes sense to to go to someone, whether or not it's a therapist or like a trusted other or a pastor or like a book or something, but some resource to help you start thinking about your communication style, your relationship style, and how you deal with conflict and how you deal with uh, creating connection and intimacy with each other. And I, I would absolutely recommend doing it in a pre- preventative fashion versus just on um, either an ad hoc basis or when there's a crisis. Because when you're trying to like sort of bury, you're buried inside a crisis or something, trying to get yourself out of it. For the first time in therapy, it, it can be much more challenging than having like a language between you two already in terms of how you deal with mm-hmm. conflict, how you communicate and such. So how does someone go to find a therapist? I've had I, I've been to one therapist and it was someone from off off of uh, the Bachelor franchise. Yeah. And after that, I didn't feel like I, I, I went to go see her and she's like, oh, there's a bright light that I fell in love with the first time I met. So it was nice to just uh, get back to the place that I was at when I first met this therapist. And then after that, um, I mean, I have friends who are therapists who don't charge me, which I love. But I so someone who is looking for a therapist, how do they even research that? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because it actually is a kind of challenging process. I mean, Depending on your financial situation, if you have insurance, you can contact your insurance company and get a list of providers that are in your network if that's something that you 
have to have happen if finances aren't an issue. Using the internet to Google like therapists in your area is a good way. There's certain um, uh, websites like Psychology Today, findatherapist.com that you can um, Google therapist in your area and their specialties will come up as well. I would highly recommend interviewing at least two, probably three therapists to find someone that really resonates with you. I think when you're in a vulnerable position and you go see a therapist, it sort of feels like, oh, the first one should be right because like... I- I'm broken and, and I should make this work kind of thing. But it's, it's, it's got to be like an organic, comfortable connection. And you should advocate for yourself that you find that. Now, when you say interview, what do you mean? You're going to go sit down, meet them, and not necessarily have a session with them, but just kind of have a conversation? No, I mean, have, have a session. I mean, okay. some therapists will do like a free consult on the phone yeah. or even a free in-person session. Most will charge like a regular se- session. But mm. I sort of mean in the sense of having like what would what would be a regular session, but in your mind thinking about like, does this feel comfortable? Right. Asking them questions about how they work, um, how they're going to help you form goals, what kind of time frame do they imagine that you would be working with them to address the issues that you're looking to address, that sort of thing. Like yeah. like feeling um, uh, empowered to ask those kind of questions. Yeah. yeah. So, Hillary, you talk about the hierarchy of relationships, and you said that probably at the top is the relationship with your parents. And so, for me, I guess my question is, why do people put such an emphasis on the relationship with a significant other over everything in life, I feel? Why would that? Why do people put such an emphasis on like finding the one or finding love when even you just said probably the most important relationship is with your parents or your family or the environment you grew up in? Well, in my mind, I was thinking about the hierarchy in terms of like a formative hierarchy, right? Like what forms who we are uh-huh. and how we kind of interact with other people. So once we become adults, for sure, all of us have the romantic relationship as our primary relationship, and that's appropriate. I mean, yeah. that, mm. that makes sense. But the way that we... As long as it's not with one of your parents. That, right. Then we'd have another... Conversation <laughs> <that>. Right. <laughs> then you definitely want to head into therapy. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, um, but I, I think um, the at least people that come into my office and most anecdotal conversations I have with friends and um, other colleagues and such, when we're looking at how we show up in relationships, it almost always can be tracked back to our relationship within our family, mm-hmm. um, the position that we took, our relationship in terms of how our parents communicated mm-hmm. their love, how they didn't, um, what their love, love language was, what ours is. And so it always informs how we show up in romantic relationships but I, but as you get become an adult, your romantic relationship is certainly your primary relationship, and where we put all of our vulnerability, all of our hopes, all of our wishes, all of our dreams, inappropriately. So, do you do you think that it's uh, a, like a birds of a feather, birds of a feather mentality? Where because I was thinking about this actually not too long, maybe like a week or two ago, about how like do you think that someone that's from a broken home is better off with someone from a very well structured and and like proper home, or do you think like two broken homes people's work together? better you know what I'm, uh-huh. what I'm saying yeah i do know what you're saying you know i think it's all about if i don't think we should stop the analysis there i think like the broken home people yeah it depends on what their journey has been if they've been able to seek um assistance and help and growing and working through some of their issues mm-hmm. and they're able to be um, more insightful and communi- communicative and evolved as a result then maybe they can be paired with either one depending on their evolution. Right. You know, I think I think it's more about how people have evolved and how they're able to kind of take their experiences and um, work them into how they, um, how they interact with the world around right. them and people mm-hmm. than whether or not they were 
from a broken right. home to begin with. Because well, so my personal experience is I've dated both. I've come from a broken home. You yeah. know, like I've had my experience, my yeah. my troubled past with my family and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've dated girls. Uh, like one girl comes to mind who has a very strong family unit. Like her mom and dad are her best friend. All this kind of stuff, and I loved it. And I was like, this is great. This is exactly what you know a child would dream to have throughout their entire life. But then at the same time, on the flip side of it, I was like, well, then it makes it hard for you to understand my perspective on a lot of things because you've never had to struggle the same way that I've had. And then I've dated another girl who had a very difficult upbringing and we could relate on our traumatic childhood, that type of stuff. But then on the other side of it, it was like, oh, well, now neither of us know how to form a like a successful family yeah. moving forward because we never really experienced it for yeah. ourselves. You know what I mean? Yes. So there's, it's like a weird way you can kind of like argue both sides of each side of it. Well, yes. From someone who just experienced it, as you talked about, what did you find was beneficial? Neither of them were beneficial. But I think that's right. You were, you reminded me of there's like a concept in psychology called the wounded kids collusion. Yeah. And if you think of those words, it's like two wounded kids who come together as adults and like try to make it work. Right. And that's like a difficult pairing because yeah. if neither has evolved into like a more sophisticated way of dealing with their emotions and shaping themselves into a more productive adult, you just have like two wounded kids like kind of floundering, right. you know, so maybe you've had those experiences yes. where it feels like, yeah, this doesn't really work. But having said that, you're right. If it's such a stark contrast that you're with someone who hasn't had to struggle in that way at all, then you might feel sort of vulnerable and not heard or understood. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully that there's a middle ground, you know, that somehow, some way, no matter the origin of the person that you're with, that they've had their own struggles and evolution that lets them be able to relate. Right. To to kind of bring you to the same level on certain things. Yeah, but Dean, I remember us. Uh, I remember you opening up to me about that conversation about a specific person that you dated. Um, I think we were about like Whole Foods or whatever to eat, and you had mentioned that you felt like that person was kind of shoving in your, in your face that they came from a picture perfect family. I guess my question to you is: Do you was it something that you felt that person was doing, or was it your? I don't know. For lack of a better word, insecurities. Well, I don't think um, it, I don't think it was intentional on their part. I think that it was just kind of the only thing that they knew, and especially coming from like certain parts of America, like certain different areas value family much more, much differently, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. You know, when you enter into a relationship and people kind of want to project their own values onto you because then they want mm-hmm. you to kind of adopt them and share those types of ideals and beliefs as well. Um, I don't think I don't think it was intentional to to your question. I think it was just a matter of like this is how this is how I've experienced life. Mm-hmm. This is how I've lived it, and this is how I plan on continuing to live it. And you have to get it now. Like you either get it or you don't get it, sort of thing. And and when you don't get it, it's going to be like frustrating. Like well, I don't know. It was it it was uh, obviously not meant to be. Not meant to be. Well, as as a therapist, yeah. it's not like I've experienced everything every one of my clients has experienced. Right? It's not that a woman that you ultimately fall in love with has to come from right, a broken right, right. home. They just have to have like the skill set of, of support and empathy and compassion and like mm-hmm. able to hold vulnerability and be vulnerable themselves, yeah. right? To be, it sounds like a match for you. Yeah. It sounds like this person was like holding a space for some vision of perfection or not wanting to let some of those, I don't know, flaws or messiness in. In fairness, that relationship had a lot of other flaws working with it as well. <laughs> but but that was definitely one of them. It was, it was uh, like a feeling of constant inadequacy, you know, where it's like, oh, I'll never be able mm-hmm. to, 
give you what you have in your like i don't know growing up yeah i, I think it makes me sad hearing that because i think i was kind of that person before the show i come from a very strong italian background with like big traditions and for me i was never really attracted to the italian guy i was attracted to people who came from different cultural backgrounds or religious backgrounds but we didn't have the same i guess um level of understanding when it came to our values and our traditions and stuff and i've been told a few times once or twice that uh the men felt inadequate and i think it's because i unintentionally imposed my values and my traditions onto them without realizing i was doing that and looking back i think it's thanks to the show thanks to being on the bachelor that it's allowed me to understand where and why i was doing that and i think it came from imposed values from my cultural um from my family thinking that's exactly what i wanted but in retrospect that i don't want exactly the type of lifestyle that they have i want the family i want the husband i want a loving and and, and happy household but not in the same way that they got it and that, it's only now that i'm starting to realize that at 31. before vanessa before we jump into our spot i have a question for you and, and everyone as yeah. well hillary i'd love to hear your opinion on it as well let's say you're dating someone and your parents hate this person. It's oh, a strong word, but just like nah. like you love this person, but they strongly like dislike, maybe don't agree with a lot of their own core values. But you mm -hmm. love him, like you know him obviously mm -hmm. better than your parents would. Would you still be keen on the relationship or no? Ooh. I've never dated someone that my family outright said they didn't like. They mm -hmm. only mentioned it after we broke up. So they've they never like imposed their opinions. They've never imposed their opinions on my relationship. Yeah. Um, but I think if they were really keen on not seeing a future, I, I, I don't think I'd be able to date them. I'm so close to my family and I really value their opinions. Um, and they're not judgmental at all. Like my family's the most easygoing. Uh, they're super accepting. Um, so if there's, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Hillary, what do you think? It's a tough question. I mean, it, there could be another, a number of different scenarios that could present themselves. I mean, as long as the mm -hmm. family is coming from a well-intentioned place mm -hmm. and it isn't related to dynamics that aren't healthy, like an overprotective mom yeah. or, um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a dad who doesn't want another man's energy in his world, right? Mm -hmm. you know, if it isn't coming from a from a, an unrecognized, unexplored place of the parents that are imposing like their stuff on their kids. I mean, it could be really complicated. Um, I, I think it's fine. It's 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 uh, uh, expected that most kids would pay attention to what their adult children would pay attention to what their parents thought. Right. But I think ultimately, it's really important for a grown adult to make their own decisions, and even if it's in a mistake in judgment right. that you it's a learning experience you learn from it and you yeah. recover from it and even if it means taking a stance sort of quote against your parents um that that's all part of individuating from your right. family so i i don't know i mean i i think it could go both ways right i also think if we put unhealthy habits aside like you talked about an overprotective overprotective mother or things like that maybe it depends on your stage in life for example if you're a teenager and your parents are disliking the person you're dating I think that's a, a different statement than it would be if they dislike the person when you're 30. Absolutely. You sure. Know, because it's a teenager, like, for example, if you have a daughter and there's a teenage boy, and I, I might be very overprotective if I'm lucky enough to have kids one day. 
Um, and so I can understand a, a parent coming from that aspect and it being a little playful. Um, but if you're 30 and your parents don't like you and your parents have never uh, displayed any type of uh, overprotection or, you know, hindering on your relationships, um, then that might be some red flags. Yeah, I, I have two boys who are four and eight months old, but I have, I have 18 years to, to influence them and I'm taking every moment I can. So I totally agree with you, Jared. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, during those 18 years, giving your opinion, direction, um, setting boundaries, et cetera, like d do them all because you're... You want them to internalize yeah. your wise voice during that time. And then after 18, it's like, well. And then you let them enter the that's world. That's right. Well, that's Hope one of the uh, the pros of not having parents is you don't have to worry about their uh, opinions of your significant other. <laughs> so there we go. I have been. That's really dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't blame I, uh, I have been a few times in my life. When I was in high school, I was dating the, my girlfriend at the time, who actually was a guest on this podcast, like my first love of my life. Her parents were divorced, so she lived with her mom. And her mom like loved me but also hated me at the same time because like I was in not encouraging but like her and I would like rebel together you know what I mean so like I she saw me as like the catalyst to her daughter's rebellion yeah and then even in my adult life um I was dating a girl this is post bachelor in paradise which obviously I get a bad rep for that for for I mean rightfully so I do um and I think the girl who I was dating at the time her parents had seen Bachelor in Paradise and so she was like ashamed to tell her parents that her and I were dating Aww. or like going on dates because of that because she knew that her parents like mm -hmm. had a very sour taste in their mouth about me yeah. so that's kind of why I asked yeah the healthiest adult version of that scenario is that a parent can communicate to their adult kids like hey I have these concerns yeah. I love you I'm here for you I support you no matter what your decision and at the, is at the same you know? it all comes from a place of love right that's right you, you that's, right. that's yeah. right I mean it, right and we, we hope so so right. and what, how it gets communicated can vary. But I mean, as I said, I think parents being able to give their opinion and kids taking in, but them stepping back and yeah. allowing their adult children to make their own choices and mistakes and being there for them is, is sort of the best we could hope right. for. Well, before we jump into our next bit, would love to tell you guys about two of our favorite things in the entire world. Uh, yes. Oh. Which your two favorite things in the world are me and Vanessa, right? Well, my, okay, you're right. my third <laughs> and fourth favorite else? things in this world. Uh, Thrive Market might be one of them, oh, to be honest. Of course, Thrive Market. How I don't you possibly forget about Thrive Market. I don't know if you guys have uh, forgotten about Thrive Market or not, but what it is is a revolutionary online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. It's literally Whole Foods, but way, way, way more affordable. You guys have heard us talk about Thrive Market all the time on the podcast. It's because we love it, because none of us want to go to the grocery store, so it makes it really easy for have our groceries delivered right to our door. Uh, you can filter through the catalog by your dietary preferences, whether you're paleo, gluten-free, vegan, anything uh, above. This is why I'm obsessed with Thrive Market, because you can get all the goodies. I currently am obsessed with the garlic aioli mayo. Made with the avocado oil. You guys heard oh, me talk about that. Delicious. It's scrumptious. Not a lot of people like mayonnaise. I'm a mayonnaise guy. Oh, well. like, oh, I, I love mayonnaise. If, if I have a turkey sandwich, I want turkey cheese, lettuce on a uh, white sub uh, with extra mayo, extra garlic aioli. <laughs> May mayo and then well, Dean, I know you love the almond butter. Well, so so after uh, I've never really been a big wine drinker, but after South America and the Malbec in Argentina, I started to get into it. And one of the best things about Thrive Market is that they actually have the best wine as well. Uh, their wines are unique because they look for wines that are lower in sulfur spectrum and wines that don't have any extra additives or flavoring. Which, from someone that already hates the additives and extras of life, it's nice to find a market that is willing to provide stuff that that kind of limits that kind of stuff as well. 
saying you guys are talking about food and stuff, but if you go on their website, there's a bunch of other products too. Like right now I'm taking magnesium pills from one of my favorite companies. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Solare, it's like this white bottle. If you go in the shop mineral section, um, there's also, as an Italian, I'm like, I actually just made myself a tomato sauce right now to eat pasta right after I'm done this episode. And there's this um, diced, organic diced tomato that I've tried from Thrive Market. It's non-GMO, it's, it's BPA-free. And what I love, especially what I love about it, it's sourced direct from the farmer. So it's basically, you know what you're getting. It's, it's super healthy. And then one of my, um, I'm like, my friend came over and they were cleaning my house uh, with, with Windex. I'm like, oh, there's so many chemicals in Windex. I don't like that stuff. So if you go on Thrive Market and you click on um, home and you click on um, household cleaners, I actually bought this product called Lavender Cleaning Vinegar from Ann Fanny's and it's a non-toxic product. And I have my nephews, my nephew come uh, coming over and I have a bunch of kids come over. So I want to make sure that my house is uh, non-toxic for whenever I have little kids running around. So right. it's great, not only for food. I have the same products too. The lavender, it's like a, it's it's like a Windex. It's a, it's a table cleaner. Yeah. That's what I use it for. But it's anyway. non-toxic, yeah. <laughs> it's non-toxic, which is a great thing. And guys, Thrive Market, like Vanessa and Dean just said, it's not just food, but it has wine in there. It has cleaning products, uh, beauty products. I've gotten shampoo from Thrive. I've gotten body wash from Thrive. I've gotten face wash from Thrive. Dean, you know all about that good stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> all their packaging, boxes, and inserts are made from recycled paper and are recyclable, obviously. They're 100% zero waste. They're the first company in the country Amazing. to go zero waste, which is really incredible. Wow. Guys, Thrive Market's prices, they're already up to 50% off compared to any other market you go to. And now they're giving you guys, our listeners, an extra 25% off your first order and a free 30-day trial. All you have to do Crazy. is go to thrivemarket.com slash Dean. Yeah! <laughs> thrivemarket.com slash Dean. How do you spell Dean? D-E-A-N. Oh, I love it when our ads or when our sponsors use my name instead it's of It's always help. Dean. We were talking about this last week, Vanessa and I. We, were, we, we came to the realization that the reason it's Dean is because it's the shortest and easy. 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 Yeah, sure. Whatever makes you guys sleep at night. <laughs> it, on, it helps me sleep. Anyways, that to repeat Jared's statement just now, Thrive Market uh, prices are already up to half off, and you can go to thrivemarket.com/dean for an extra twenty five percent off your order. Plus, as Jared alluded to, free thirty day trial. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com/dean. So skip the holiday lines in the market and get Thrive delivered straight to your door. Vanessa, I know there's well, one more yeah. spot you wanted to talk about. There's one more spot. And uh, since Hillary is in studio today, I actually want to have her um, chime in on this. So last week you weren't in studio. <laughs> Jared and I were talking about, was it last week? I was talking about granny panties. Uh, Vanessa, you talk about granny panties every week. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I think it was last week I was talking about how like I'm really not cute when I go to bed. And um, so, Hillary, I want to have I, I want to know what your take is on like being cute when you go to bed and like being sexy and stuff. So you guys heard me talk about how much I love my granny panties. But since now we're talking, you know, you guys kind of made fun of me um, about the underwear that I wear. Uh, I've been trying to up my game a little bit. I've I've spoke about this before. Dean has actually tried my bra love when it. it came in studio. Best bra I've So ever there's tried no on. better way. Yep. There's no better way to do this than go to third love. It's actually amazing so what's crazy when you think about it when we go shoe shopping 
you go for like a, I'm a six and a half. So I'm obviously a half size when it comes to shoes, but I didn't know that I was actually a half size cup in bra. So I'm actually, I'm not going to say what cup size I am, but I'm a mm and a half. So that's, what's amazing about, um, third love. So you go online, it's really simple. All you have to do is, um, click on their fit finder quiz, answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit. They have 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, which is amazing. Um, and what's great about them is they're using millions of real women's measurements. So third love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. I'm actually wearing right now their um, classic strapless bra in black, which I find in the winter time because I get like kind of pale. It's nice to go with darker colors. So I have like one in plum with like a darker purple. And this one I'm wearing um, in black. I'm wearing in black. So they have a new cotton collection, which I'm obsessed with. I find cotton to be very cute and sexy, right, guys? Cotton could be yeah, sexy. Yeah, I love cotton. One of my favorite yeah. fabrics. Cotton. I love the way you say cotton. Cotton. Yeah, cotton. <laughs> I really pronounce those T's. So they have a new cotton collection that nice. I'm actually currently wearing, and they're actually really comfortable. The underwears are super comfortable. They don't look like granny panties. Um, so, you know, I'll be my game. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. Uh, like I said, right now I'm wearing their strapless bra because I'm showing a little bit of shoulder. So they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. And all you have to do is go to thirdlove.com slash, not Dean, oh. but slash Vanessa. Oh, that's right. congratulations. That's right. I got this one. V-A-N-E-S-S-A. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of letters. So go to thirdlove.com slash Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A, to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. You're going to love it. There's no granny panties. Wanna, Let me know how. Um, you want to know what's funny? Is I'm, I'm looking at this sheet right now, and it says you can get their cotton underwear. And I looked at it very quickly, and I, said, I thought it said you can get their Colton underwear. Colton underwear <laughs> on sale January 7th yeah. nationwide. I'm um, sure there are some Colton underwears out there. Love it. So, yeah, check it out. Thirdlove.com slash Vanessa and get your uh and a half size bras <laughs> delivered straight to your house. Perfect. Um, so we have some Facebook questions that I'd love to talk about with Hillary. Hillary, if you're open to the idea of answering some of these questions with us. Yeah, what's your schedule looking like, Hill? Let's do it. I'll hang out with you guys. Perfect. Perfect. And again, if you guys haven't joined the Facebook group, it is Help. I Suck at Dating Podcast Facebook group. Join it today. Lots of connections and friendships and questions being answered in that little forum. So the first one comes from, I'm assuming this is Miranda and it's a typo, or is it Maranda? Miranda. 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 Well, that's a beautiful name. She says, this year I feel like I've tried so many times to be happy being single, but have been struggling. How do I not, uh, how do I not let finding a relationship be the factor that determines my happiness? What would you say for that, Hillary? Oh, that's such a ubiquitous <laughs> quest and journey for, I, I'd say women more than men. Uh, mm -hmm. Why is that? You know, I think the, the I don't know, I, I don't want to sound like overly Can't, stereotypical in terms of um, women and men's roles, but I do think there's, we're all friends here. <laughs> I think there's just more of a primitive pull for women to <laughs> settle down and um, nest and to um, secure a scenario where they can have children and mm -hmm. um, to just be more future focused because of those, I mean, really sort of primitive urges. Um 
And it, I, I think most women at a certain age, like in their mid to late 20s, if still single, start to worry about what that means. Mm. There's cultural pressures, there's familial pressures, and there's internal pressures. Will this ever happen for me? When will it be in time for me to have kids? That sort of thing. So there's like a reality component to this quest, this pressure, this like problem, mm -hmm. dilemma that a lot of single women face. And I, 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 there's no perfect answer, but there's like a set of things that I think most people should do if they're single. I mean, first of all, self-compassion is really important. It is totally normal and appropriate to want to have a relationship and to want to have those things for yourself and to have a portion of your heart and life and mind thinking about that. So I think just like trying to have an ease that that's one of the things that you want and um, that that's going to be part of someone's like quest and hope um, until that happens is okay. But I think on the journey, sort of trying to figure out a way to have grace and emotional containment is really important. And I mean, some of these things we've all heard before, um, but uh, part of that is because they're, they're tried and true. It's yeah. really important to try to build other aspects of your life that yeah. are meaningful to you, whatever that means, whether it's professional stuff, friendship stuff, hobbies, pursuing. I mean, Dean, you just went on a three-week adventure to First South many, Africa. Well, the, the third or fourth of many, I guess. Right? <laughs> but I, it, like, I'm sure it had its ups and downs, right? That some of it was yeah. probably amazing and wonderful and built up huge parts of yourself. And I'm sure some moments were lonely. I mean, you did end up on Tinder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, so. do, you guys, do you guys know who uh, Keanu Reeves is by any chance? Of course. Yeah, Keanu yeah. Reeves. I'm All right. a huge Keanu fan. So, so I'm actually a, I'm a, I'm a big Keanu fan as well. And he's got some pretty fun quotes, like interesting quotes, like thought-provoking quotes that he he's shared with the world. I was scrolling through and I saw this one the other day that's actually perfect for this topic. He says... Someone told me the other day that he felt bad for single people because they're lonely all the time. And Keanu told him, it's not true. I'm single. I don't feel lonely. I take myself out to dinner. I buy myself clothes. I have great times by myself. Once you know how to take care of yourself, company becomes an option and not a necessity. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I love that. No. I get it mm -hmm. because the biological clock of women. No, I don't love that. I hate that. Sorry, tell me. Why? Why do you? I hate that. Because he's Keanu Reeves. Of course he can take himself out. Women are <laughs> pining over him a million times. Like, you have to understand that it's just... Keanu Reeves is allowed to say that because he could... He has the opportunity to surround himself with whoever he wants, whenever he wants. A no, he said he takes himself out. He takes yeah. himself out on a date. So okay. women could do that. Because I bet he takes himself out on a date because he's tired of being around people. I think it's an option for him where <laughs> other... I, nah. do, I disagree. I completely disagree uh -uh. with that comment. I believe no. that people Listen. take themselves out to dinner a lot of times in everyday world because it's a necessity, not because it's a choice of their own. I think the point that he's trying to make is mm -hmm. once you love yourself, you don't necessarily yeah. need the company of other people. I completely agree. And yet society today puts a premium on being in a relationship. Why is that? Absolutely. So why, why do we live in such a society where like the most important thing is marriage, family, kids? And yet we also say, on the other hand, well, the most important thing is loving yourself. Well because I I'm think it's like one thing it's one thing that we can't control we can control our career we can control like what uh you know how much weight we want to gain how much weight we want to lose or what we want to eat but we can't control whether or not someone will love us we can't control whether or not we're going to find someone or whether or not we're going to have that family so I, I guess it's a sense of it being up in the air at least that's that's what it is for me like I want to have a family i want to have kids i want to have a husband is it going to happen i sure hope so but i've learned as i've now i'm 31 i've been single for the last two and a half years i've learned to really just enjoy my own company 
and I guess that's why I could relate to Keanu's um, quote. Like, yeah, I take myself out. I take pride in making my own money. I take pride in paying my own rent. I've never had a dollar given to me. I've been working since I was 14. So I take pride in being, being able to be financially stable on my own, emotionally stable on my own in order to allow that perfect person perfect meaning that person that's perfect for me to enter my life and just add value to it without having to you know yes of course that you're absolutely right you should take pride in yourself and you should have self-love what i'm saying for this particular quote is he was responding to someone saying oh i feel bad for people being single especially around the holidays and he's like well i don't i take myself out to dinner i do stuff by myself and that's that's awesome keanu and i love you as an actor and i've listened to a lot of interviews with keanu Reeves, and i'm a huge fan of his but i think it's just i mean I'm not, I, I, I don't blame him for saying it of course he can say whatever he wants but in terms of uh, this conversation i just i, I disagree with him I think there's two truths in there. I mean, I, I, as a celebrity, there's a certain kind of buffer in the world that they're, they receive that other people don't. I think it's probably true that Keanu Reeves going out to dinner is different than like someone in Kansas going out to dinner by themselves yeah. in terms of the attention they're going to get or feeling admired or seen or validated, right? I mean, it's just different. So I think that's what you're speaking to, Jared, and I, I agree. But I also think that he got to a kernel of truth that we're, we're trying to get at, which right. is that... Ultimately, no matter who you are, when you go to bed at night, you're still like in whatever pajamas, whether they're granny panties or, or not, but in your pajamas, <laughs> going to bed by yourself, even if you are Keanu Reeves and you have to have, and if you're single, you have to figure out what your relationship is going to be with that, with being alone. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be really sad and lonely. And sometimes you can work yourself to a place that Keanu has arrived at and that others arrive at, right? Where you're like, you know what, I, and Vanessa, that you were talking about where it's like, I want these things for myself, a husband and a family and all those things. But like, I, I'm like cobbling together a life that feels full, you know, yeah. and that mm -hmm. feels hopeful mm -hmm. and that feels uh, resonant to me. I guess for me, I, uh, maybe it's just not the Keanu Reeves quote. Maybe it just sparks something in me. I love the vigor and passion that you have delivering this, it's, though. I, I guess I'm, I, I'm, it's just, life is very confusing a lot of the times. And I guess I get <laughs> confused about like deeming what's important and what's not important. And we live in, a, we live, well, I just feel like we live in a world that puts such an emphasis. And I'm very lucky. I'm engaged. I'm in love with my my fiance. We are Aww. best friends. I'm I'm a very lucky man because of that. And I understand that a lot of people are not in that similar situation. And so it's just hard because I think I hear all the time like how people have so many regrets of like you know missing out on the one or like you know I should have done more with that relationship or like they die alone right. Everybody says I. I'm terrified of dying alone, right? They say mm -hmm. that with their left hand. I'm terrified of dying alone, but at the same time, I just have to love myself and 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 that will complete my life. So it's like w mm -hmm. w which one is it? You but know? the thing is if you w w when you die alone, you're still going to go to wherever you go alone. Right? Well, I mean, it depends on your belief. I'm just saying whether you die alone or with someone by your side, the fact is you're still dead dark again well i think mean, a lot of people are, <laughs> oh my god yes i think a, a lot get of people Hillary's it's, a very, number. it's a very nihilistic approach to uh, to life i get it but it's true i think just a lot of people would want their uh, a person with them you know as hopefully they die in peace right this is um, what I, 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 I actually i think what you're bringing up is is really important i think there is an existential truth to people 
wanting to be with other people, to wanting mm -hmm. to connect and not be alone. Mm -hmm. I think there's just an mm -hmm. existential truth to that. Mm -hmm. And since it's not always possible for whatever reason, right? Not everyone is as lucky to find their person either ever or at a certain stage in life where it feels particularly important or something happens, someone gets sick, sick and dies or the dynamic changes and a divorce happens. But I think there's this reality that we all feel. None, no one wants to be alone alone. It's mm -hmm. an existential truth to being human. And so I, I think it's like trying to live with that existential truth and also the reality of being in the world. Sometimes you, you are alone. So if you're alone, what do you do? You know, you try to mm -hmm. love yourself. You try to fill your life in ways that feel full. You try to put together experiences that make you feel less lonely. You know what I mean? So I think like they, they coexist, like they're both true that like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be alone, but if I'm alone, I'm going to do it in the most graceful, full way that I can <clears throat> kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for well, I think, does that help, Jared? <laughs> it does help. Vanessa, you were going to say something? Yeah. Well, Hillary, I think you brought up a good point. The word connection. I think that's what we're all searching for, whether that's in a relationship or in a friendship or anywhere in life, you want to form connections. And the ending of any kind of connection is a hurtful one, whether that's the ending of a friendship or an ending of a relationship. Um that's that's what I think that we're all searching for is connection. Can we move on to the next question though? Because I want to. <laughs> sure. Oh, I want yeah. to talk. About, yeah, Dean, did you want to say something? I was just gonna say I was gonna paint a hypothetical picture for us, but I think that would probably take too long for us to discuss. In, in a brief, I was gonna say, imagine we live a life from zero to eighteen in complete solitude, where we don't spend time with anyone else other than ourselves, and then come eighteen years old, we're allowed to roam the world freely as we as we want. Then, do you think hanging out with other people takes the same effect as it does now? No. Because you you're you've spent 18 years of your life by yourself, so it's like then mm -hmm. then that's when it's a necessity versus an option, in my opinion. And it's just like it's a weird thing to think of as because we're bred to be social creatures, and then the fact that we're not social creatures for you know short amounts of time in our life, then we begin to get depressed and upset with ourselves. I don't know. It was just it was just a weird way. That I was no, I agree. It's very going back to uh, not, birds of a prey almost, where you're brought up in a certain environment, brought up in a certain society. Birds of a feather. Birds of a feather. Excuse me. Birds of prey, that's a uh, DC. Um, most, most living beings are, though. I mean, yeah, even animals, right? You know, seek to be with each other, so you know, and like, be connected. Like mountain lions in, in Nepal or something like that. Vanessa, I'm going to read this question for you, okay? Then you can answer it. Yeah. Okay. So this question is from Collins. Collins says, My significant other and I have been dating for a year. Since being together, we put on weight, but we have more sex and we are far more intimate with each other now. Why? I feel like we have more time now to have sex, but why are we like teenagers again? I made getting back into shape a goal. Will I lose my sex life to get back into shape? That's the one that you wanted. Wait, what's your... Yeah, so... well, because I'm in my 30s now. And Hillary, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I'm in my sexual prime. Yeah. Women come into it later, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 30s I... is it. <laughs> 30, you peak. I mean, so I'm, I'm 30s. Yeah. I'm sorry. 30s, you peak. Yeah. Sexually. You're yes. peaking. 30s when you peak? Not 30, oh, but I, in your, the decade of 30s. Yes. Right. Right. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe men peak all the time. So they're always like ready to go. And women, when they hit their 30s, are like, oh, yeah, I'm like on the same level as you are now. Do Wait, you think that, that has anything? Is that true? Anything men to do with are it? peaking all the time? No, men peak probably between like, what, 16 Literally. and 32 or something like that, right? Yes. Oh. Oh. I mean, 16 and 32. That's I mean, these guess. are like know. pretty gross, like generalizations, but yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that answer. So TL TLDR for the listeners, this, this person and her significant other are having more sex after putting on more weight. And so Vanessa, you think it's just an age thing. I think she's more alluding to the fact of why are they having more sex yeah. if they, uh, I guess, think uh -huh. that they're less physically attractive. 
because uh, for some I think reason, it's, yeah. I think it's also the idea of just being able to be free. I think when you get comfortable with your own body, you're able to just be free in room and, and not second guess certain things that you may want to try or do or act or what you think you may look like. So maybe they both reached a point where they're comfortable being there's like, screw it. Let's screw. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> it's weird for me because I notice my sex drive depleting when I don't go to the gym. Like I, I've mm. been in the gym in like two months and I'm just like, ah, that's fine. I don't necessarily need to be going out and having sex anyways. But then I go to the gym and I work out like really hard because I'm like, see myself getting like, you know, soft around the corners and like out of shape. And I start like working out more and I like feel myself like tightening up a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this is great. My sex drive is back. And it's just, is it's, it because your sex drive is back or is because you feel good and you want to have sex? Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Cause I feel a lot better. Uh, like when I sit in a chair, I don't feel my fat rolls roll over each other. You know what I mean? But you know like, what? I don't know. I feel like most women, maybe I'm speaking for myself, I want a guy who's not like hard. Fizzled. Like, I don't know. I don't want like a six pack. I want something I can cuddle with and not a guy that's like that's too much in the gym for me is someone who's way more into himself than they ever will be in the relationship. But Vanessa, At Peter, least that's what I've Peter's pretty cut. <laughs> I've never dated Peter. <laughs> Alex is pretty cut too. Nick's pretty I love cut Alex. too. Yeah. All of these boys are pretty buff. Wait, wait, wait. Alex. Bordy from I love season. Alex. Yeah. yeah. Why'd you bring Alex into that conversation? I don't know. I was just talking to him on the phone the other day, and Vanessa's name comes up as it always does with him. So. Aww. He's probably <laughs> listening to this episode. Alex, I love you. Wait, Vanessa, Alex, have you, have you and Alex talked? Yeah, they dated for a couple of weeks. Right? Did I not know this? No, we didn't date for a couple of weeks. <laughs> we hung out in LA uh, with my roommate and one of his friends. And who else was there? Christina was there and Iggy was there. And then uh, we went to like a department store and we just decided, the guys decided to pick out these like outrageous outfits and they put us in these like crazy ass outfits because you know how Alex is yeah. with his crazy outfits. That's all we did. But no, He's just so much. He's such a great energy. He's so positive. He's so, I love Alex. He's fun to hang out with. Yeah. Um, anyways, but the point that I was trying to make is they're all very, very, very buff. Nick, yes. Nick, Peter, uh, Alex. Yeah. Alex's body is like, yeah. Alex would be on the top. Who, what do you think about that? You're very, you're very fit. About the, thanks. Um, <laughs> thank you. I, well, back to your, the Facebook or the yeah, Facebook question. I am thinking that maybe, the sex has like opened up because there's like there is like a letting go less judgment yeah. yeah or there's like a letting go like um a, like a vulnerability that mm. maybe comes up with like I'm letting go i'm just being who i am i'm not mm -hmm. even at my best self and that there's some energy to that that's both vulnerable and kind of a turn on um and and that's what you want to retain while retaining like your health and fitness you know what i mean yeah i mean so may maybe overall like go back to the gym and feel good or get healthy or something but retaining like that vulnerability mm -hmm. and that letting go because i have a feeling like that's what opened the door for them is that they're sort of like together we're like not our best selves yeah. we're kind of being vulnerable we're kind of letting go we're kind of being like a little naughty by not taking care of ourselves but you can like retain that energy and potentially and still be fit maybe you know? maybe that's more hot and heavy because they're almost borderline recognize unrecognizable and so it's like they're having an affair <laughs> oh, with boy. each other it's like role play oh, oh well, speaking not. of role play someone did ask ellie asked what about um sex toys and a role play for dean no pass how do you feel about that i'm a, I'm a hard pass on all that stuff I've told, really? I've told you hard before. pass because you don't want to talk about it or hard pass? Oh, I'll you're talk, just I mean, I'll talk about me not doing it because I just, I'm, I'm a prude. 
You are not a prude. You, you're not a prude. <laughs> Elaborate. How do you know I'm not a prude? <laughs> you dated two women at once. Oh, uh, that doesn't make me oh, not a prude God, in the bedroom. And I wasn't, well, I wasn't sleeping with both of them at the same time. Excuse me. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I'm glad we clarified that. But is let's that just, say you is were... that just what everyone expects? Is that I was sleeping with both of them the whole time? No. Well, I guess that's what I don't know. There's that, and there's a mix of like emotionally, you know, just I don't. Know. But okay, forget about that. Um, back to role play. You you've never role played before? Not that I know of. Should we? We can we can tackle this in a second. Uh, before we get into our next segment, we do want to talk about something that means a lot to this podcast. You guys have heard us talk about it before, and that is 23 and me. Ha Vanessa Dean, have either one of you guys done 23 and me? Yeah, Jared, yes. of course. So what was your biggest uh, revelation? I'm 100% European. I'm the most boring man in the world. Vanessa? Okay, so I spoke about how I thought I mailed my 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 uh, box in. It's still on my counter, and all I have to say is it's really easy to use. So all you have to do... You have to. I want to ask you guys this: Did you guys go up into the line with the bubbles of your spit, or did you go past the line with the bubbles of your spit? I Passed. went up to the line. I I listened to with, instructions. But with the bubbles, do the bubbles count? No, bubbles don't count. No, bubbles don't count. Oh, okay. So I went above the line with my bubbles. Anyway, so it's really easy. All you got to do is like accumulate a bunch of spit, spit in the tube, close it, and then they provide you this little package that you you um you put it in, you close the box, and you mail it back to them so i haven't mailed it yet so i'm waiting um obviously i have to wait for my results and i take it takes how long i think a couple weeks couple weeks couple weeks and it's to get your results back it really is the yeah. coolest thing and it makes a great gift for everyone you love during the holidays uh there's been there's never really been a better way to give the gift of genetic discovery to whether it be your family members your siblings parents aunts grandparents your uncle that you never talked to if you wanted to give him a gift give him 23 and me and guess what guys now through december 25th you guys know December 25th is Christmas Day. The 23andMe DNA kits are on sale. They're super easy to do. We talked about it. Vanessa was just talking about how you just spit into the tube provided. I know it sounds a little gross, but it's effective. Um, you register your sample to personal to your personal 23andMe account. And in a few weeks, you receive your personalized online reports. Um, so they come with an ancestry composition report and with 23andMe's ancestry, uh, with that report, you can explore where your DNA is from out of 150 regions worldwide. I don't know if you guys have ever been falling asleep where your body just completely twitches. This, it happens to me sometimes. Ashley's far more of a, uh, what are the shakers? Is that yeah, what it calls? Like her leg shakes? Mm -hmm. What is that? Mm -hmm. What is that called? I, I've always thought it was like your muscles being, like, uh, like going into complete relaxation. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about 23andMe, not only does it provide genetics, but you can find out stuff like that, like why does your leg twitch or things of that nature. You can learn how your genes play a role in your well-being, your lifestyle choices. You want to know what I've always wondered is there's th like like muscle builders, right? I wonder if there's a specific gene for muscle builders that they all kind of have in common. Well, you, why? Because you haven't been in the gym in a while and you're like, I'm confused. I'm just curious. Like if they're all so buff, I wonder if there's something specific about their genetic makeup that allows them to be that ripped. Well, the cool thing about 23andMe is that it will tell you that as well. And like I said earlier, now through December 25th, you'll get 30% off any 23andMe kit. All you have to do is order your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash D. Uh, that's the number 23andMe.com slash D. And Dean is spelled D-E-A-N. D Ready? Here we go. Let's all spell Dean together. Ready? One, two, three. D-E-A-N. 23andMe.com slash Dean, Woo. you will get 30% off your 23andMe kit. 
from now to December 25th. And they have different versions of the kit, too. You can do uh, the, the genetic kit, and then you can do the genetic <laughs> and health risks kit as well. So 30% off uh, is actually a really good deal because it is. It's I mean, that's you know that's going to save you like $30 plus. So check it out, 23andMe.com slash Dean. somebody on the line. We want to talk to Stephanie Pratt, who is on the line to talk about her new podcast, Prattcast, on iHeartRadio. Stephanie, are you there? Oh my God, I am. Stephanie, Stephanie thank you so you? much Hi, for calling guys. in. How the heck are you? Tell us about this new podcast, yours. Um. Well, it's kind of similar to yours because I'm really bad at dating as well. Yeah. It'll cover, you know, dating, shopping, health, basically anything people want to talk about, you know, what you got for Christmas, literally like the basics, any kind of gossip. What's going on in the tabloids? So for the for the listeners world. out there, Stephanie and I went to a football game together last night, and I asked her on a date at least half a dozen times. Re- oh. Rebuked every single advance that I that I had put no. on her. So okay, let me just explain how he asked me out. Okay, <laughs> he was on his phone talking to people on Instagram direct messages, and he'd look up to like see the score, and then look at me because I'm to the right of him and he'd be like do you want to go on a date <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> wow, okay. so sly. that's and not how it was at all oh my god like that cheerleader right there yep yep right. <laughs> anyways so stephanie when does so, your when does your podcast uh come out is it first episode drops when on january 7th oh that's and then so the hills will start airing um in the spring and once that starts going i'll have Hills um, cast members on it, and we'll be talking about every episode. Because it's a Hills reboot, um, right? Yeah. So tell us, because you have an involvement with the Hills. You used to be a cast member as well, and you're going to be part of the reboot? Yes. So fill the listeners in a little bit about the journey with that. Um, gosh, well, it's been like eight years, seven years since we've all been together. And um, yeah, things have changed, but things haven't changed at all. I would say everyone keeps asking me, is it like more drama than the last one? And absolutely, there's way more drama because, you know, people are married, they have kids, like the stakes are a lot higher. So it's going to be a freaking great series. Sounds freaking great. It's but Stephanie, in every way. here's the thing. I'm not entirely sold on the podcast. Is there like a teaser that you have out there that I could listen to? Um, you didn't already know. Do you not follow me on Instagram? Oh. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm, I'm, looking your, I'm looking at your Instagram now. Is it with Wells? It is. My co-host, Wells Adam, he, like, saves the show. Um, he's awesome. The teaser that's actually out now, you oh, can there. find it on my Instagram, at official Steph Pratt, or on iHeartRadio. Um, it's so funny because I actually meet Wells on the podcast. So I had no idea who he was. I've been living in London the past five years. So it's it's quite jokes. But he, he was a Hills fan, so he kind of knew who I was. Great. Well, so it's you and Wells co-hosting the Hills podcast. It airs January 7th. You said there is a teaser on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts, I think is what you said, yeah? Yes. Perfect. So for our listeners, go check it out. It's called Prattcast. Episode 1 drops January 7th. Um. And like I said, Stephanie and I are probably going to start dating here pretty soon. Maybe she'll fill you in on that whole situation. Are you going to be on the hills, Dean? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I'm Stephanie's love interest, I don't think I have a choice but to be on the hills. 
Whoa. I like this story already. Steph and I are already going to Hong Kong for New Year's. It's going to be a blast. Um, oh, my gosh. You did buy me a beer last night. Yeah. Aww, what a but sweetie. And you I let me finish your hot money. dog. I gave you money. Oh, that's cute. I gave you money and you didn't take it. So it wasn't really a date move. Uh, you, I mean, so was your first date last night? I tried to give you the cash back, but you literally left it in the car. I know. Uh, I wanted to, you know, make sure you knew it wasn't a date. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll work up to it. Before January 7th, That's that's uh, we'll figure it out. You by guys then. got plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. All right, Stephanie. Uh, we'll... I'm going to need full access to your Instagram uh, in that case. I don't know about that. And I'm that. sure Dean will be all over yours. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in. We're excited to listen to Prattcast come January 7th on iHeartRadio. Um, if you want to check out the teaser, be sure to to jump on the app and give it a listen. Wells obviously is fantastic. Stephanie, you're great too. Um, we look forward to hearing more from you. Thanks so much. See you in Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, I'll see you there. Thank you, Stephanie. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Wait, Bye. She... Bye. Did she say see you in Hong Kong? Yeah, we're going out there for New Year's for with each other what it's a joke obviously she's going there for new oh. year's i invited myself and dean oh, okay. will definitely be in hong kong for new year's <laughs> um vanessa you were just telling us about how you like to use sex toys in the bathroom before we got into those whoa whoa whoa, whoa. i didn't say sex toys talk about a I, segue. I did not i did not say sex toys i said i'm very open if i'm comfortable with someone uh, then yeah, I want to be open to explore and it has to be a safe, um, a safe space and there has to be consent. And, uh, I'm <laughs> very consent, surprised yeah, that you, priority. yeah, consent is very important. So I'm surprised Dean, you keep saying you're a prude. And the thing is with you, you like to put yourself down. <laughs> well, I don't think you it's really putting do myself that. down. Say, I don't think one is better than the other. I just, I, I don't know. Um, hmm. How do I say this? I feel like you need to bring one of your ex-girlfriends on the podcast so I can actually interrogate. Oh, I can actually call a few. <laughs> uh, who would you be calling? I guarantee you all of my ex-girlfriends would say that I was horrible in bed. What? Not even. No I think once, listen, I think once you love someone and you're really into, you know, you have like really great sexual chemistry and you love each other, no matter the size, it's going to be great sex. Yeah. The thing with guys, so the thing with sex. you need to bring in toys and stuff. Well, I think there's a difference between sex and, and making love. The thing with sex with guys, yeah. more or less, is going to be the same from person to person. Um, <laughs> um, listen, I I've think we should Mark ask <laughs> these two ladies about that question. I'm just saying the vari um, the variance in sex from, from girl to girl for a guy is different than guy to guy for a girl. Why is that? I think. In my... Obviously, well, one-sided okay. opinion. Question, have you had sex with both a man and a female? No, but I would imagine a pen the composition of a penis is much different from guy to guy than the composition of a vagina from girl to girl. I think men just sometimes need to get off. So for them, it's like, <laughs> let me have oh. sex and let me get off. Hillary I think is giving me a lot of funny looks right now. Well, I'm, I'm confused. So you're saying that... For, An orgasm. He's talking about orgasm. Well, no, what I'm saying is... No, he's talking about the actual physical act of sex, right? Well, I mean, it's kind of all-encompassing, yeah. Yes, but not just the orgasm part. I mean... You think that women have different, like, far different experiences with different men? I'm saying 99.9% .9 of the time a guy's going to have an orgasm in sex, and what, 60% of the time a girl's going to have an orgasm in sex. Oh, so you are talking about orgasms. Well, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. everything. I'm talking about the actual physical structure of a penis versus a vagina. I think it's also me the mental, like... I'm very confused. Wait, so hold on, Hillary. Okay, Hillary okay. wants to chime in, Hillary. She's got a lot to Let's turn this here. over to the doctor immediately. <laughs> I'm, like I, the three children just playing around, saying whatever comes to our heads. That's a random thing. Um, I, 
I think the way that men and women typically conceptualize sexual experiences is different. Like even mm -hmm. your paradigm of like the difference between penises and vaginas, <laughs> probably women are not going to think of it that way. They're going to think of like the holistic experience, yeah. you know, like mm -hmm. what the mental connection is, what the foreplay was like, what the touching and gazing um, was like, and what the parts felt like and what the orgasm felt like, but that they're going to look at all of it as opposed to just um, the feel of the parts. Yeah. And I, I think that men may be more likely to sort of have that more. Less, more detached, Yeah, I guess. more like mm -hmm. quanti quantitative analysis. Well, that's kind of always been my, my not MO, but I've always been more of a numbers guy than a, than a <laughs> more uh, logic what? guy than an emotional guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, men might no, be surprised that, that women are less likely to sort of be like, oh, well, I, this boyfriend had a bigger heart and so i preferred that sex versus mm -hmm. like right. their approach to sex was right. more sensual mm -hmm. and sexy and our mm -hmm. mental connection was amazing and so it's the whole that resonates like as you look at your historical past versus like the those specific uh data points yep. I mean, wow. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Mind blown. <laughs> I'm processing a lot right now. So I, don't processing really a lot. I think we should say. probably end here and go our separate ways and try to process what we all just learned. Do Here's, our, to end on that Here's our homework. So. Our homework <laughs> is we're all going to go home and have as much sex as possible. Come back next um, year and discuss our findings. Yeah, this is our last podcast well, of the year, guys. Let me know how works out for you, Dean. Yeah, I will. I'll be sure to let every, I'll let the world know how it's working out for me. The thing with that was I almost didn't want to make one because, why? I, why? It's not like it's gonna sound kind of vain, but it's not like I necessarily need help meeting people. I don't necessarily th think that I'm ready to be in a relationship, and so I'm kind of almost just leading mm -hmm. people on by even being on the app in the first place. I like, feel like people, on, I don't know, never mind, I'm not yeah, going to Yeah, I would say, Raya, I think you're fine. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, you're good. And as long as you're honest with everybody you meet, saying, hey, you know, I kind of went on the app, I'm not sure what I'm looking for, but I just wanted to meet some people. I guess. I, I don't want to, like, use it as a hookup accelerator. Like, that's not really what I'm interested in. Um, so I don't so know. So what are you interested in? I don't know. I don't know. If you're I've, not ready for a relationship and you're not, you don't want to hook up, you want to find friends? I don't know. That's what it's like. Someone said it's a great networking tool. So I was like, yeah. I well, guess there is a cool, social yeah. aspect. There's like a social and then the, I don't know what the, the titles are. There's like two profiles that you can create. So I'll do the social. Yeah. When I'll have a great song playing. Yes. Um, okay. Well, let's jump into, well, Hillary wanted to, I, I think, uh, I don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be up. All right. So it's let's. Pretty much content is done. You don't have to yeah. spend those questions and then we can take a break. Yeah. So just say goodbye to Hillary, wrap up that up, yeah. and then, and then we'll right. do all the paperwork stuff and the receipt. Um. Anyways, that'll do it for. Well, do I want to say that'll do it? Just Hillary. Let's just do a wrap up, Hillary. Anyways, Hillary, thank you so much for joining us in studio today. It's always great to have an expert's opinion, especially on a lot of the uh, the things that Join we don't know what we're talking about. You're is, welcome. Which is My pleasure. Pretty much everything. Um, we would love to have you back at, at a later date, and obviously we can kind of discuss. I love having people back, especially professionals like you, because uh, you can critique us now versus then. You know what I mean? And so it'll be interesting to kind of hear how our perspectives has changed. Gauge the growth. Gauge the yes. growth, exactly. It's always very fun. Um, Hillary, do you want to plug anything that you're working on? Uh, just You can find me um, at uh, drhillarygolcher.com. It's H-I-L-L-A-R-Y-G-O-L-D-S-H-E-R.com to find out more about me and locate my practice. Perfect. And that's in Beverly Hills, you said? Yes. 
Wonderful. We'll, I'm sure we'll see you on TV. I feel like I, I, I watched your, your reel about you on all the new news channels, and you were fantastic. So I'm excited. Thank you. So we'll keep an eye out for you, Hill. Thank you so much for coming in again. I don't know why I just called you Hill. I apologize. I know. You keep calling that. <laughs> uh, Dr. Hill, ladies and gentlemen. Are you going to ask her out on a date, Dean? Okay. I limit myself to one per episode, and Steph already took the cake from that. So, um, Hillary, thank you again so much for coming in. We really do appreciate it, and we look forward to hearing from you again soon. I'd see you guys soon. Thank, right, thank you. All right, well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. Thank you so much for making my return so special, Jared. Dean, anytime you come back into the studio, it's a special day. We missed you. I know, I missed you Easton missed you. I missed you. Mark couldn't give less of a crap about you, but that's Mark's problem. Don't worry about him. Good time. Good to be back. Good times, but big thank you to, obviously, Hillary Golsher. Yep, Golsher. 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 Kosher, but Golsher. Kosher, but Golsher. Hillary Golsher, uh, she was incredible. We definitely want her back on the podcast. A big thank you to Amazon Fire TV. Once again, you can head to www.amazon.com slash podcast to order a Fire TV of your very own. Um, be sure to check out stamps.com and use code Dean for a special four-week trial to get those stamps printed and get your holiday gifts sent out. Big thank you to Thrive Market. Uh, you can take an extra 25% off your first order and a free 30-day trial. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash Dean. That's D-E-A-N in case you haven't learned how to spell it by now. Vanessa, I'll jump in for on this one for you. Be sure to check out Third Love and get your uh, cup size and a half figured out. Mm-hmm. Thirdlove.com slash Vanessa. And a big thank you to 23andMe. You can get 30% off any 23andMe kit. All you have to do is order your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash Dean. <laughs> Never going to get all that. And one more big thank you. You guys saw that we were at Jingle Ball in L.A. a couple weeks ago. They gave us some really cool gifts that Dean has a bag in front of him right now. So I sadly was not at Jingle Ball, but I do have a bag full of a bunch of goodies. You were at Jingle Ball. So, I was not. I was in South oh, America. Oh, it was iHeartRadio. That's what I'm thinking of. That's right. I yeah, got some nice you? warm socks. I got some shampoo and conditioner. Those are heat holders socks. Yeah, they're actually heat probably the softest socks. socks I've ever felt in my life. What else do we got They here? look pretty comfortable. We have a, a shampoo and conditioner. Easton, you say <laughs> that you use those every day? Oh, what? this is Kristen S. She has this new line at Target, and um, I have been using these for months. And my hair, I'm told, smells really nice. It's very soft and voluminous. It looks Ooh, fantastic. Voluminous. That's right. Word of the day. Wow. Yeah, my curls are like twisted ebony. Thanks you to uh, Kristen S. Twisted for The thing ebony. is, Easton's not even reading this off of a sheet he literally is thinking of these adjectives off the top of his head that's he's fantastic uh easton that brings me another question do you wash your hair every day every day every day every day it's horrible for you but hey keep doing that man keep killing your hair (laughs) day in and day out uh we got this pretty cool phone case for an xs and an x it's spigen Spigen. Spigen. I like it. It's pretty sturdy. I'm holding it in my hands right now. I'm going to start using I'm it. I'm currently holding some uh, Extreme Lash Mascara Hourglass. Seems pretty nice. This case is actually that kind really sturdy. A lot of great makeup and, um, and uh, health, you know, skincare accessories. Anyways, big thank you to all of these uh, great products for being there for Jingle Ball. I'm bummed I missed it. You were there, right? Uh, I was there. You were traveling, weren't you? I was traveling. Yeah, that's we, why. Did we ever talk about your... Uh, uh, Chippendales? Your Chippendales thing? Yeah, I talked a little bit about it. You missed it. But post or pre? Like, did you Post. Okay. I talked a little bit about it last week. Unfortunately, you missed out on that one. I mean, it was cool. Quick synopsis. It was just, I, I, I was on stage with my shirt off for like three minutes, if that. Um, so it was very quick, painless, easy. And the show itself was actually awesome. 
because we went with so Tanner and Jade came with us. Yeah. Nick was with us. And it was just it was so over the top and ridiculous that the and, and the cool thing was the Chippendale dancers themselves had so much fun with it. Yeah. That it was just fun. You know, like you could go as a man who's attracted to the opposite sex <laughs> and still have a great time because everybody's just laughing and making fun of themselves and the women are going crazy. Uh, it was cool. And so I was nervous for like two weeks before then. I didn't really eat. I, I, I ate, but I tried to eat as healthy as possible. And then for right. two days before, I like fasted. Right. I got my first spray tan. Nice. And then You're it was looking cool. good. Uh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Well, people were giving me sh- about my, my hair chest, yeah. which is my chest hair. Come on now. I mean, I'm not going to shave it for one show on Shippendales. And I am very proud to be a hairy man. Uh, but it was funny in the green room when I was waiting because I went on stage early to do this game. And then they put me back in a green room before I did the big finale with my shirt off. And they had weights in there. So, like, for 20 minutes in the green room where I haven't eaten in, like, 16 hours, yeah. I'm pumping weights. I oh, I felt like I almost passed out. So, But I was like, okay, just look as good as you possibly can. Get on stage. Do it. Get off. And we're going in. straight to Shake Shack. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm glad it was fun. It was great. Seems it was like a great once time. in a lifetime experience, right? Totally. And now I can, I can on my deathbed, you know, think of all the cool things I've done. And one of those things <laughs> will now be, hey, you were in Chippendale dancing. As a great grandfather, you can tell your kids about that yeah. one time you danced shirtless on stage. I know. I could be like, hey, guys, I was a cool, I'm a cool grandpa. I was in Chippendale's once. I love it. Anyways, thank you so much again for listening to this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. Big, big thank you to our sponsors. Big thank you, as always, to Jared, Easton, Vanessa, and Hillary. I love all of you. Um, this, this is the last is, one of the year. This is the last episode of 2018. We actually made it through our first full calendar year. Wow. After this episode. It's a huge deal. I wasn't able to do it alone. Big thank you to Jared and Vanessa once more. Oh, yeah. Um, and we'll see you next year, 2019, coming in hot. What are you doing for New Year's? Not sure yet. Either going to be in Rhode Island or New York, staying east. Partying? Big time. We might go to the ball drop. Who's, your, who's your New Year's kiss going to be? What do you, do you mind? <laughs> uh, uh, actually, funny story. This will be Ashley's first kiss on New Year's Eve. Wow. Ever. Ever. Wow. So I'm a very lucky man because uh, I'm, I'm. it's pretty cool that I get to give her that. Nice. So, That'll be awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. And we're debating going to New York to maybe go see the ball drop. I've never been. It'll be cool. It's, there are like over a million people that yeah, go, it's, though. It's, it's absurd. very crowded. So I'm a little nervous about that, but hopefully we can maybe uh, wheel and deal some things. To oh, yeah. You guys are celebrities. Of course you should be able to. <laughs> <laughs> celebrities. On New Year's Eve, nobody gets a rat's ass about us. I'm going to be in Australia, uh, not at the ball drop. but Oh, so you're not going to be in Hong Kong. Oh, that was kind of just a joke. Oh, I was if hoping Stephanie, there was. it was a joke with a sliver of truth. If Stephanie hit me up and was like, hey, Dean, I got you a ticket to Hong Kong, I would go. But I just, you know. But I'm you not- already have a ticket to Australia? Uh, I'm working on getting a ticket to Australia. Why would you go to Australia? I have some friends out there. I've always wanted to go, and it just seems like a good time. I'm getting my scuba certification this weekend to Ooh. start. I'm going to scuba the Great Barrier Reef. All right. Self-contained yeah. underwater breathing apparatus. That's what the acronym stands for. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, maybe, you know, if Stephanie and I met, like, maybe a couple days before, like, sooner, then maybe I'd be going to Hong Kong, but I've only known her for 24 hours, so. It's still totally worth it. <laughs> Are you going to Sydney? Yeah, that's where I'm going to be most of the time. And I'm going to like camp along the beach and stuff like that. Don't they have like a pretty extravagant New Year's Eve? Yeah, I've heard they, there's the Opera House that has like a pretty great yeah. uh, fireworks show. I so. feel like anytime I'm watching uh, Rock and Eves, which I do, I I love it. I, I'm one of the few that I love New Year's Eve. I love staying in. I love ordering Chinese food. I love having my friends <laughs> over. Um, and then we watch the New Year's Rock and Eve uh, with Seacrest, which is quite funny because obviously he works here. Yeah. And so, and Jen McCarthy. Uh, I, I love it. So, But every time, anyway, long story short, I see Sydney, Australia. I see New York. And then I think those, I see Tokyo. Uh, Vegas. Vegas. LA. Does LA have a big show? There, there's a West Coast show. 
Actually, it might be Vegas. I have to double check. But you can I think it's Vegas. Catch all the action on ABC at 8, 7 Central. Yes, of go. course you can. All right. Well, that'll do it again. I feel like this is the longest sign-off in uh, I, <laughs> I love it, dating this history. This was great. This was great. This, I love this part, too. Um, thank you once again for making this podcast a thing in 2018. We're excited yeah. to bring you some more fun content in 2019. Um, yeah, the biggest thank you of all goes to you guys, because if you guys weren't listening to this podcast right now, Dean and I would be on the street. Living on the street against our will, because I think, you know, maybe at one point in my life I will live on the street willfully. Yes. I've talked about this in the past. I want to move into a van and live in a van for maybe like a year, just be homeless and just travel around. So we'll see how that goes. But it's all Don't because of you guys. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, 2018, thank you so much again for listening. Help I Suck at Dating. I'm Dean. That's Jared, Easton, and Vanessa. We will see you come January 7th for our, for our first episode of 2019. See you guys. Where hopefully we suck a little less. A lot less. A lot less. A new year. Yeah. Follow Help by Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>